What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brame. This is Stop Sucking Your Business. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. Before we get to the episode, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a I don't know, recap of what this is going to be. Uh, we've been going through our archives of episodes and have found some ones that are just really good, like really helpful. And I don't want you to miss out on the information that a lot of these come from. So we are releasing every week an episode from the archives, and this is one of them. So I hope you like it. Hey guys, Megan here. Welcome to Stop Sucking a Business. I'm super pumped to talk to you today. This interview is with someone who is just mind-blowing because he is in so many things to create. Just what he does on the base level, I think, and I hope he'd be okay with me saying this, is he creates communities. And this entrepreneur, his name is James Mulvaney, he runs podcast.co, radio.co, and the newly launched matchmaker.fm, which I've, I'm on podcast.co. You're hearing this from podcast.co and have found so many great podcast guests on matchmaker.fm that when he said he wanted to come on, I was just super pumped. He is so smart and the way he thinks about engagement and creating just a better community for podcasters and podcast guests is really commendable. And if you've ever thought about creating a podcast, he goes into some really great details, but he also talks about what it takes to be a good podcast guest to help promote your platform, but also to create value for the listeners of that podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to get out of the way and let you listen to the brilliant James Mulvaney of podcast.co and matchmaker.fm. James, thank you so much for coming on. This is super exciting for me. Thanks very much for having me, Megan. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. And I would love, you know, you are a raconteur of <laughs> entrepreneurial apps and adventures. So um, I'd love to get your background on how you got started with all of this and um, how you saw the need for essentially podcast networks. And I'll, I'll stop talking. Please start your story. Yeah. Right. Okay. My, my background, what, well, the interesting fact about me is I've never had a job. All right. So when I was 16 years old, I just finished high school and I had some time off over summer, which we were supposed to be using to revise for exams. 
And uh, I thought, well, <laughs> rather than that, why can I, I can go online and I can try and make some money. This was like 2003. Um, and I, you know, the internet was kind of still in its infancy. So I kind of just started doing like old jobs. I'd kind of learned to use Photoshop and Dreamweaver, started designing logos for people and just finding work wherever I could. And, you know, I, I kind of started that. That was literally how I got started. I kind of caught the bug from a very early age. I then went off to university and uh, used that time to work on my first ever startup, which was a company called Wave Streaming, which um, was a platform which sold streaming media services to the radio broadcast industries. Um, and yeah, that that kind of was the, the first successful venture, if you like, um, which was kind of considered a business. And I was in a fortunate position when I graduated from university that I didn't have to go and then find a job. I, I was, you know, making enough money to, to kind of earn a good income and sort of took it from there, started growing, growing the that business um, that then transitioned into radio.co, which we launched five years ago. And then um, more recently launched podcast.co as well. That's fantastic. And I love, you said Dreamweaver, this took me back to yeah. my, my GeoCities, but like envy.nu and all of those. Oh, my <laughs> I had a GeoCities site as well before that. Yeah. But, oh uh, my God. Yeah. I was, it's... I was so sad when I found out that they were getting rid of all of that. Just <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a time capsule, you know, of yeah. horrible gifts and middies, but it was still, it was still ours, you know? Yeah. It's that there used to be a website, didn't there, where you could go and look at like GeoCities, like a GeoCities archive site. I don't know if that's still going or not. Yeah, I wonder if, do you think they're on the Internet Archive? I don't know. They may, they might be. I mean, some of those sites look really bad. Didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was kind of almost like a competition as to how, who, who could have the most flashing uh, animated GIFs and like weird sound effects and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and like but, and all the GIFs had to sparkle for some reason, yeah. right? Like they <laughs> Oh, yeah, maybe it's better. They're all gone. <laughs> maybe. But there we go. Yeah, like that was that was like my foray into the internet. Um, you know, I was really young, 15, 16, mm -hmm. just, uh, and, and I just kind of took it from there. And I, I really, you know, I, I, I wasn't qualified. I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of made it up as I went along. And mm -hmm. eventually then I sort of started to learn a bit more about things. And, uh, yeah, I was in a position where, uh, I, I, you know, when I graduated, I hired some great staff who knew a lot more than me actually uh you know about web development and that kind of thing and and have since gone on to, to create like lots of great platforms and products absolutely and you are developing i mean essentially a, a very connected social network of not only just podcasters but people who want to promote their work on podcasts and hmm. you know i think that a, there have been people that have tried it but what i like about it you for listeners like this is hosted on podcast.co and I'm on matchmaker. Like I, I am, I am a James groupie, a Jamesy. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I, what I like about what you do is that it, it's a very authentic connection. It's not a, like a quid pro quo kind of thing. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it, the, the people who with I, with whom I've connected on matchmaker and podcast, uh, they're just, um, it, it seems more of a collaborative environment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that was kind of one of the, when we started working on matchmaker.fm, I can kind of go into a little bit of the background as to how we came to that. It might be a good place to start because um, yeah, we, you know, you mentioned at the start that, you know, it's about how you can kind of transition from from one thing to another. And specifically, you know, when you start a business, 
you don't always know when you start out exactly where that journey is going to take you. And I think it's important to be reactive as an entrepreneur. You know, you need to look at the market. You need to look at wants and needs of your customers and try and create, you know, innovation and, and create and innovate to, to, to create services and products that really, you know, fill that fill gaps in, in a market. So podcast.co, you know, we, we worked on that for probably about a year and a half to two years um, before launching. Um, and we launched in May last year. And around that time, we were kind of looking at different marketing funnels and, and ways that we could kind of engage with the podcasting community as a whole. So we kind of came up with this idea, you know, that most podcasts are based on interviews. There's about 60, 70 percent of podcasts are actually based around, you know, interviews, having guests on and connecting with other people. There didn't seem to be a platform, you know, one place where you could go to do that. And the way you can go and find guests was you know it could be different methods you know so obviously you can start with your existing network you can reach out to people on linkedin on social media you can uh, you know call email people out the blue and just say look i've got a podcast i think you'd be a great guest for me um but there didn't seem to be you know one place that you could kind of go to where you know that people who you were contacting would definitely want to be on your podcast so we thought we'd initially as just really as a marketing exercise create um a couple of landing pages on the podcast.co site really just saying, you know, if you're looking for great guests, please complete this form. And another one saying, if you're a guest and you want to be on, you know, an industry expert, and you want to be on more podcasts, please complete this form. So we had these two Google forms and um, we noticed that more and more people were completing them and they were actually going some great length to, to sort of tell us a lot about themselves and the sort of people that they were trying to connect with. So really we had the kind of the, the, the the grounding of the platform there we hadn't st we hadn't written any code we hadn't started designing it but we knew that there was a, a demand for it so it's like a real basic mvp um so from there we sat down with our designer and thought okay this has obviously got some legs this idea let's create some wireframes and we kind of came up with this idea of like tinder for podcasters which we actually designed like a swipe left swipe right style interface as part of it which never actually has gone into production but um that was kind of where the idea initially came came to be and you know we then sort of focused on the the, the podcast.co platform for the sort of next six months until it kind of got towards the end of 2019 i think around like late winter like uh, sort of december january time and we actually started working on this platform and trying to make it a reality and we brought it to market kind of mid to late february initially as a beta thing for for our existing customers because we were conscious that you know obviously no one wants to sign up to a platform and it be a ghost town um you know it's important that we have have got people using it so that we thought let's start with our customer base and obviously then we reached out to a lot of the people who got in touch via these kind of these landing pages this mvp um, and they were initially the sort of first i suppose 100 or so users which we then managed to fill the platform out enough to a point where it didn't look ridiculously empty when you signed up and that was a that was a kind of the, the the beginning point, and then from that we we spent a lot of time and we have spent a lot of time over the last six months doing manual outreach on LinkedIn um, and various different groups, and obviously trying to encourage word of mouth to make sure that the quality of, of people on the platform, both for podcasts and also guests, has been high. You know, because we want to make sure that there's value there. We don't want to just fill it with. Um, I always use the analogy. Do you remember like Twitter when it first came out and there was loads of profiles that just had that egg. I don't want yeah. to fill the matchmaker with Twitter eggs because it's no good. You know, we, we need people on there who are actually engaged with each other and and engaged with the service. So that was kind of um, the the focus has been, you know, just let's build a quality community to begin with. That's brilliant. And I love that it, one of my questions was going to be like, how did you, you had podcast.co um, 
network, but how did you expand? And so why, what made you choose LinkedIn specifically to focus on? Well, I think LinkedIn's got um, a really engaged user base. Obviously, mm. it's quite easy for us to kind of target and research specific industries. So if we want to say target like public speakers, you know, lots of public speakers make great podcast guests because they're public speakers. That's by nature of what they do. Um, and thus, you know, we thought, OK, they're, they're, that's a good demographic, for example, that we wanted to target. And then we might look at other areas of interest. So, you know, it might be entrepreneurs or startup founders or people who have got expertise in specific industries. Um, and I think LinkedIn is just a really great community already to, to sort of discover people who are relevant for, you know, um, relevant prospects for any business. Um, but then obviously we have we have had a lot of word of mouth so i know for example a lot of matchmaker users have talked about the service in facebook groups or mentoring groups that they're members of which again is really good because you know if you have that direct recommendation from a from a user or a customer you know it, it stands for more than just me standing there and saying hey everyone sign up it's amazing you know i think if you've got that third party recommendation for a, for a product or service it's always good and I love that, you know, one of the big things that I've been a proponent of with my clients is go to where your customers are. You know, you don't mm -hmm. have to be everywhere. You have to be where your customers are. And so um, thank you for sharing all of the your reasoning behind LinkedIn, because I think that that will speak to a lot of people who are just kind of like, where am I supposed to be in this ecosystem? Mm -hmm. So you consequently, you've dealt with a ton of audio. I, I'm sure you've had like terabytes of audio that you have been um, involved with in some way with radio.co and podcast.co and all oh, of yeah. this. So uh, let's talk about what people should understand about starting a podcast. So let's start with like the podcast angle and let's start with then we'll go into the guest angle. Mm -hmm. So I'm an entrepreneur or I'm an influencer. I, I want to diversify my platform. Podcast seems easy. Like how do you suggest one, people go about it, and two, what you've noticed that are easy mistakes to avoid. Sure. Okay, I mean, I guess the first reason is is the why. Um, there's a couple of reasons I think podcasting is great for, for business. Firstly, it's been proven that you have people's attention for a lot longer. You know, if you're uploading videos to YouTube or you're posting stuff to Instagram, you've really got like a few seconds to get someone's attention. With podcasts, it's been proven that I think 70% of listeners actually tune in for the entire episode, right? So as a, as a marketer or as an entrepreneur, it's very rare that you get the opportunity to speak to someone at that length about something. Um, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, uh, you wouldn't normally have the opportunity on any other platform. Um, the, other, the other thing I like about podcasting is the fact that it's kind of this uh, ecosystem which isn't tied to a specific it's quite an open form of media so it's not tied to one company spotify are definitely trying to suck up as much of the market as they can i think there's general perspective perspective on that that it's kind of not great because you don't want podcasting to just become a spotify thing because then you get into the situation you know like you have issues with facebook and youtube where you can and can't say certain things you know you're really at their mercy if they decide to cut your channel off one day you kind of, you know, there's, there's influencers or um, creators that have lost huge chunks of their revenue because one day YouTube decides to sp suspend their advertising. Right. So I think podcasting is great because it's an open form of media. Um, 
and also it's very kind of easy to get started i think that it's not as scary to do as video um it's a more natural form of communication like if you're just talking to someone like we are today whether that be someone you've met or someone you don't know um you know if you've got uh say for example colleagues um is, is a good place to start you know just start recording some of the conversations that you'd normally have in your office um talking about specific topics areas of interest to your customer base you know you kind of do that all day every day anyway you know just when you're interacting you know with your colleagues uh, and with people that you work with with clients so i think just recording those conversations it's so unintrusive and it can be really useful and interesting for people listening um so so that's kind of like the the why get started um in terms of the common mistakes people make i mean i think it's always good to have a good understanding of who is going to be on the other end and what what your objectives are you know what's the point of doing a podcast in the first place are you doing it because you want to get more leads into your business are you doing it to build tighter relationships with your existing customers are you just doing it for fun because you're really passionate about um a certain topic or a subject which is you know completely fine as well it doesn't have to just be a commercial venture um but i think answering you know exactly the 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 kind of the reason behind what you're doing and trying to figure out who your audience is going to be is the next step and i think there's too many people who just start kind of without planning it so i think it's just a case of having a look at the kind of your your first month's content and then also understanding where you're going to go from there so thinking what you're going to be talking about in 2 months time in 6 months time and making sure that you've got a bit of a strategy in place to make sure that you're kind of fulfilling that requirement you know ultimately there's the point of podcasting is you're speaking to other people right so try and think about you know who's sat on the other end and you know what they're going to be gaining from it um i think also investing in good quality microphone is a is a great place to start as well you don't have to go out and spend a fortune you can spend 50 to 100 dollars and it'll just make you ten, ten, spend sound 10 times better without spending a fortune you know i think that's kind of quite important and there's a lot of people who just record on their you know built in you know microphone on their computer and it's it can sound okay but it's not always perfect so i think that's a good thing to start and again it's kind of a rookie mistake a lot of people make agreed and i think that like you said like it doesn't have to be crazy expensive i mm. got i got my yeti blue on ebay used it was like 30 bucks or something you know like yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be huge crazy but it should be something you invest in mm. um new and noteworthy you know we're talking about spotify which i agree i think that that's a a dangerous way to start monopolizing this medium but i guess we'll just wait and see what happens although yep I was disappointed to see that the people were moving to that, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, good for them for getting starting a podcast. Do you feel like, I know a lot of people start really going hard for the new and noteworthy on Apple. Mm. And do you think that that is something that is um, a good benchmark to go after? Do, or do you think it's a vanity metric? What What are your thoughts on something like that? I mean, I think there's a lot of people who get very preoccupied with the idea of, you know, the iTunes or Apple podcast charts. Um, you know, of course, if you're in a niche business, you're not necessarily going to be comparing yourself to, I don't know, Gary V or whatever. Um, it's about making sure that your audience are actually relevant for, for what you're trying to say and, um, you know, making sure that they're engaged, try and kind of measure your engagement rate. So get people to communicate and participate in your podcast somehow. Have some kind of feedback loop where people can actually get in touch, ask questions. I think that's really important. And to begin with, at least focus on that versus just thinking, you know, I need to get a million downloads a month because 
realistically, you probably won't get a million downloads a month unless you've got a very big pre-existing audience uh, or, or a lot of budget to kind of promote that. So I think kind of trying to benchmark yourself against people who have, you know, got these huge audiences is kind of a dangerous place to be, I think. Uh, certainly for, for niche business owners, for people who are getting started, you know, you, you've got to be realistic about what you're trying to achieve. There's no reason you're saying you shouldn't reach for the sky, of course. But um, I think, you know, sometimes that takes people just kind of want stuff overnight, don't they, without actually putting the work in. And yeah. they kind of think, oh, yeah, I can get a million downloads a month but, or whatever it might be without thinking, OK, well, sometimes people in that position have actually worked for this for years and years to get there. Or they've just got like huge amounts of investment or, you know, big pre-existing audiences, whatever it might be. So, you know, you need to just think realistically and, and try and set yourself some realistic goals to begin with, I think. So in terms of realistic goals, I think that a big thing that I've struggled with, but I know a lot of people do, too, is coming up with consistent content ideas mm. and, you know, going into I in my own experience, I've just basically like I've had a run of content and then I've said, all right, I don't know what to do anymore. So <laughs> this is the end of the season and then I'll come back later. So that's clearly not a good way to be. So how do you recommend people figure out ways to have an editorial calendar or even a content stretch of ideas? I think a good place to start is um, either analyze what's going on with your own customer base. So look at, say, for example, a lot of our business clients want to start client, want to start a podcast or say, you know, what are the, say, top 10 questions that your customers ask before they actually start pod before before they actually come to you and sign up? And then you could start a podcast which literally answers those 10 questions. So there we've got 10 episodes. Um, perhaps once you've done that, you can then look at, you know, what was going on in different industry groups. So you can, might want to look at, say, a Facebook group or go onto Reddit or use different sources of news around the Internet. What sort of questions are people posting about your content, other kind of forms of content? So like, let's say you're making YouTube videos as well. People always comment with questions or comments on your YouTube video. And sometimes they raise points of stuff that you didn't actually think about. So it's about really just being kind of aware of whatever market you're going for, what is going on in, the, in their heads, I guess, and trying to figure out exactly um, how you can kind of fill that gap or fill that void or, or, or assist people with providing value in, in a specific marketplace. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's kind of the way to do it. It's just just kind of have your eyes and ears open and, and listen to people's questions and comments. And I love that you had mentioned before, like having a conversation, encouraging people to ask you questions off yep. the platform. And I think that that's a, such an easy way to think of as a con not only a content strategy, but an engagement and, you know, who doesn't love hearing their voice on the radio? <laughs> that Completely, was yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the things that we've just started to do recently on uh, radio.co. And also we've, we've started to try it on podcast.co is like the concept of ask me anything, which mm -hmm. again, it probably didn't really exist five years ago. It wasn't like a thing. It's, it's, it's more of a recent thing. I think since all the platforms have integrated like live streaming, these idea of ask me anything, it's a really great source of just, um, you know, generating content and also just understanding what's going on inside your users' minds, you know, what pain points they have. And just trying to then, you know, answer that in real time is kind of a bit of a challenge. But you can then always take the questions that, you know, people bring up in the AMAs and really start to drill down into more detail and use that as a, a part of your content strategy. That's brilliant. So in addition to engaging people and, you know, Consequently, it's being marketed mm. because other people are saying, like, my question got answered and things. Yeah. How, how else, what other successful ways have you seen people market their podcasts? Well, I think um, having guests on is a, obviously a fantastic way of doing that because, 
you know, you're engaging not only with someone else, when it, sometimes you can have some really interesting conversations and learn a lot, which is fantastic. But then, of course, that guest will gen- generally share the podcast episode with their audience. So immediately you're exposing yourself to a much wider demographic than otherwise you'd have been exposed to. Um, I think, you know, making sure that you've, you've got a consistent schedule is good. You know, you don't have to commit to doing one episode a week for the whole year. You can do it in seasons. That's fine. I think um, as long as you make sure that you're releasing, you know, let's say you do a season of eight episodes and you're going to do that for eight weeks or once every other week, just make sure that you, you set to a specific pattern. Um, and if you can have content to back it up on other forms of uh, media, so video content, images, uh, quotes from the podcast, and just kind of take that content and repurpose it across different platforms, you know, that's a good way of driving traffic back to the podcast ultimately. But then ultimately as well, podcasts are a good way of generating lots of, lots of different reusable forms of uh, media, I think, for your marketing. And you guys also, I was looking up, um, you guys have your um, audio wave creator too, which mm. I think is that is such a smart. I've seen people do that on Instagram, and I've been doing that on Instagram too. I think it's just a a brilliant way to cross promote content, both Instagram and you know the podcast. Yeah, it's repurposing, isn't it? And it, it saves you a lot of time, you know, because you're only creating one piece of content and then using it in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I think you know you, you look at a podcast episode and there's always going to be like four or five really important or juicy points that you make or the guest makes throughout that episode so just take those out and repurpose them you know transcribe it into text post that those quotes on social media or even just turn different themes that have raised into things like polls for example you know right. um it, it, there's so much stuff you can do and it's just a case of just being creative really and pushing out as much as you can and Again, don't think of it as like once the podcast episode has been recorded, you know, it just kind of goes to the graveyard. There's no reason you can't then push that episode six months time in a year's time. You know, it should be evergreen. That's brilliant. And that was actually a good segue into my next question, which was about um, what you see smart podcasters doing. You know, you have access to some amazing metrics, I imagine. Mm. And so I'm sure that you've been able to notice pin pinpoints of things either in like people's show notes or marketing avenues like are there any tips you can give people of just like this is what I've seen being really successful I think the the most successes we've seen is is people who are organized about things and people who have a system in place you know so just little things like you know once your episode goes live make sure you have a standard thing that you follow up with your guest and you say let the episodes live Here's a couple of images so you can push it out on your channels. Please, can you write a review on um, on Apple Podcasts for me? And um, just the little details like that, being organized about it, um, makes all the difference because otherwise, how's the guests supposed to know when that episode's out? They're not necessarily going to be watching your podcast every day. I mean, some people might, but um, it's easy for them to miss. But if you if you just kind of give people a nudge in the right direction, you know, they'll be more than happy to do it. And likewise, you know, just make sure you have a set 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 kind of almost like a strategy for, you know, for each episode, I'm going to create three images promoting it. I'm going to create two clips. I'm going to create a transcription, maybe write a blog post and just try and be as organized as you can about the whole process. Um, I don't think there's any kind of secret source or magic. I think a lot of it's just down to hard work. I think obviously if you've got a concept that's strong and people want to engage with, you know, that works. Um, Also be, tracking people's reaction to your podcast so for example one of the things i always recommend is having a clear call to action you know maybe at the beginning middle and end 
Um, but don't just say, come visit my site, have, have a URL that's specific to the podcast. So, you know, anyone who's clicked that link or, or typed that link into their address has come from the podcast. Um, so, you know, again, things like that, it's really good to be able to actually measure and gauge, uh, you know, reactions on your podcast and measure and grade the effectiveness of it. That's brilliant. And that's, it's so smart. And you said they like, have a couple of images and ask your guests to review. To be honest, I hadn't thought of doing that. And that's, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean. I have to go back and ask them all. That's so smart. Um, I think it's just about systemizing it as much as right. you can, you know, um, and ma- making sure that you kind of stick to that system. Uh, because, again, sometimes it's quite a lot of work if it's just if you don't have a team working on this. Um, you know, I'm quite lucky because we've got quite a, a decent size in, in-house production capacity. You know, I'm not always doing everything myself. Um, but if you are doing everything yourself, you know, just make sure you've got a checklist and you're going down that checklist each episode saying, you know, create two images, um, you know, write a blog post or write write a sort of a, a long form social post or whatever it might be. Um, and also sell the benefits of the episode. You know, I think each time you release a new episode, it's safe to just assume, oh, it's too, it's too safe to just assume everyone's going to go and listen to it. You know, you have to think, right, okay, what are people going to get from this episode? Why should they go and listen to it? And then when you post on LinkedIn, Hey, I've got a new episode out, you know, here are three things you'll learn if you listen to this episode. You know, it's about actually doing a bit of a sales job or a marketing job on that specific episode and sort of talking about um, the benefits that people get from listening. You know, that's kind of, again, it's spurring the audience on to to actually tuning into it. That's and, you know, that's a perfect addition of I know that a lot of people I've talked to get confused about, like, what should be in my show notes? What mm. am I supposed to? And so, you know, two to three bullet points about benefits yeah call to action that's really smart mm-hmm. say i'm amazing and i'm doing all of this systematizing it and getting good numbers how do i start reaching out to sponsors and what what relationships have you seen that have been the most beneficial not like the actual brands but like just what kind of relationships do you think are usually good for both mm-hmm. brands and podcasters well, the interesting thing about podcasting is it, you know, again, there's very, I don't know the exact percentage, but there's a very high number of um, listeners that actually take action on commercial me- messages. And I think this is normally because the commer- commercial messages are done by something called a live read, which is basically just the host of the podcast saying, hey, check out this product or this service. You know, it will save you a lot of time, just outline a few sort of very basic feature benefits. And again, they normally have a tracking url so you can then measure the effectiveness or the responsiveness of a specific audience um but i think the good thing about podcasts and if you can prove to a sponsor that you have you know it doesn't have to necessarily be a completely massive audience but a very focused and engaged audience that might know about a specific might have an interest in a very specific topic and you can find people who've got products or services that you know will be a good match for your audience i think that's one of the other reasons that they're so effective because you know if people are listening to a podcast, say, about baking cupcakes, you know, uh, you can then go and find, you know, a, half a dozen sponsors pretty much immediately who you think would be relevant to to your audience because it's you know your audience, you know everyone is specifically interested in not just baking but actually baking cupcakes. So I think that's why um, sometimes having a very niche podcast can be u- useful from a commercial perspective. Um, but, you know, of course, you, 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 you need to sort of uh, – reach out manually i think there there's this assumption that oh you can just play like random adverts and it'll be it'll work and i think podcasting is not quite there yet um obviously the way the system has been designed it's kind of not like youtube where you could easily kind of target advertising it's 
it's still kind of a bit loose. So from our perspective, I think the most effective deals have either been, um, you know, very niche, niche podcasts with very specific audiences or kind of ones that have maybe got celebrities involved, you know, because brands want to be associated with that person. So you, th- uh, I'm just going to take it all in. Sorry. Uh, thinking about metrics of, and I know that you guys are very good with showing podcasters their metrics. So we're, we should be looking at amount of downloads, but also time listened to. Do you agree? Or Yeah. I mean, I think the, um, the, the amount of time, if you can prove that people are actually engaged and listening to a podcast yeah. uh, and, and you have a good retention rate, I think that's really useful. I think the top level is going to be the number of downloads still. That's still what a lot of advertisers will want to know initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but also as well, you know, don't think that to monetize a podcast, you have to have adverts or sponsors. You know, there's tons of different ways of doing that. You could be selling merchandise. You could be encouraging your users to, um, you know, subscribe to a kind of like a second podcast, like a private podcast. You know, if they pay like a s- small, low monthly fee and there are people who have got you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of revenue every single month by doing this, you know, mm-hmm. for saying $3 a month, you get access to, you know, insider stuff, whatever it might be, premium bonus content, whatever you want to call it, you know, and people are quite willing to do that. If they're really that engaged with a specific topic or a specific podcast, you know, they will kind of $3 a month or something is kind of a very low amount. And if you can times that by hundred or times that by 10,000, suddenly, you know, you're in the money and you don't need to worry about sponsorship then. Right. Right. Um, you know, another thing you can be doing is, of course, promoting products and services as an affiliate. Right. Um, yeah. You know, find things that you think will be useful to your market and, and just feel free to kind of talk about them and, you know, put put those put those adverts in. Make sure that, you know, there's an easy way for people to actually get to those offers. Um, or it could even just be that you're using a podcast as a way to drive more revenue and more traffic to your own business. Mm-hmm. That's and just FYI for people listening, the. Um, the thing that I use for affiliates is a plugin on WordPress called Pretty Links. So instead of like, you know, podcast.co slash Megan slash blah, 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 mm-hmm. numbers, 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 it's just com slash podcast.co or, you know, and it, it's a really easy way to create affiliate links that are easy to remember. Yep. So let's switch to being a podcast guest. So I have, I'm promoting a book. I or I just want to get my my name out. I want to tell everybody how wonderful I am. Mm-hmm. What do you think are good steps of reaching out? And what are some tips for being a good podcast guest? Sure. Okay. I mean, obviously, matchmaker.fm is a nice, easy plug here. You know, the, the, that's the, the way to go and get booked on podcasts really quickly. Um, in terms of being a good guest, I think there's a few steps to this. I think, first of all, you know, only reach out to podcasts that you think you can deliver genuine value to. You know, don't just try and be on as many as possible for the sake of it. I think you need to look at the content of that podcast and think, you know, is that for me? Um, Once you've established that, obviously, send out a pitch to the podcast. Um, Try and make the pitch unique or at least tailor it to the the sort of content that that podcast is about. Um, And, you know, just try and be personable, you know, talk about what you think you could offer them. Once you've done that um, and it comes down to recording, it's always good to at least speak to the person for a little bit before you hit that record button just to kind of establish a little bit of rapport. I don't think, you you know, some people prefer to do like a pre-show chat. Um, You know, that can become quite time consuming. I I did 30 podcasts in 30 days recently. So 
it wasn't possible to do a pre-show chat for every single podcast because then I'd have ended up having 60 conversations, which would have been really crazy. Did um, you just have to like be quiet? Did you lose your voice after that? That sounds <laughs> intense. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, there was days where I did like three or four in a single day, which was pretty intense. Um, but yeah, it was okay. It was okay, actually. It was a kind of, it was a challenge I set myself as, um, you know, obviously as a founder of Matchmaker, I wanted to, wanted to like test it out, like, and, and also create some cool content about how it can be used. Uh, and it was, you know, it was perfectly doable. Um, I think also respect the show. Uh, you know, some people have this habit and I, it's so funny because some of the people I spoke to, uh they you know i was asking like what was your worst ever guest and they sometimes people say like well you know i had this this guy or this girl come in and they went in all guns guns blazing from the get-go you know trying to promote their product their service their new book whatever it might be respect the fact that it's the host show and let them ask you questions you know of course there's going to be opportunity normally to pitch your products your services throughout that show but you don't have to get in there right from the get-go you know just try and be personal have a conversation and um you know, again, don't sort of have too much of a solid format. I, I think some guests have got like this like list of things that they need to get through in every episode. And it can become quite tedious for you as a guest, I think, if you just start having the same conversation again and again. Like everyone's got their backstory and things. You know, sometimes there is going to be points that you have to bring up again and again. But just try and put a unique spin on each episode and just keep it fresh, I think. I like that. And I love just in my own experience i mm. and i don't know if you're the same but i personally liked when conversations were just more freeform about like okay we have like a general idea but let's just let's see where this like let's have like a cocktail party and just kind of see where it goes <laughs> yeah. you know yeah i completely agree i think that's the thing it's it should just try and it should try but well, not try it should just be a genuine conversation like you'd have with someone you know if you just met them at a conference or you met them you know in a meeting at work or whatever you know, I just think that's that's the kind of the best conversations are really just conversational. That's that's what it comes down to. That's the secret. Uh, and I want to talk more about matchmaker.fm and about how, you know, you have the, the podcast guest network there. But also, you know, it's twofold because you can also promote your podcast on there. And, you know, I my biggest successes with Matchmaker has been podcast swaps okay. of reaching out to other podcasters and saying like, I have a podcast that has a similar demographic. Like, let's swap and let's see what the, how that's going. So, mm. um, just FYI for you, but for our listeners too, like that that has been a huge success for me is showing benefits of what I can bring, but also you know creating a community of the podcasters. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think uh, that was the idea of the platform. Really, we wanted to try and create those valuable connections. Like I mentioned before, we. We kind of didn't want to fill it with junk. We wanted to make sure that, you know, to begin with as much as we could, we kind of hand curated, you know, who the sorts of people we're inviting to, to use the platform. Um, the next phase is going to be trying to make it more open. So at the moment, obviously, to, to view podcasts, to view guests, you have to be logged in. Um, so the next phase for us to grow is, is going to be to open profiles up, which, you know, I think will allow us to grow quicker. I suppose one of my concerns is that, when we do that, you know, are we going to then end up with loads of Twitter eggs, like I mentioned before, <laughs> you know, people right. who just sign up to it because they think it looks good and then they move on and forget about it. So at the moment, because it's this kind of closed ecosystem, we've managed to keep quality high, which is which has been great. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the idea of creating a community is it's, it's, it's interesting because it's not not like any business I've ever launched before. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's genuinely as an entrepreneur, really rewarding when you you hear people 
you know, sort of cut turn around and say, look, I signed up like three days ago and I've already had four connections and I've already been booked onto, you know, so many podcasts where I've already managed to source this many guests. And that's just really exciting. I just think the fact that we've created something that's allowing people to make these connections is really rewarding. Absolutely. And it's it's a valuable service. Thank you for creating it. (laughs) It's okay. We got to meet each other yeah, and I got to meet yeah. other people. It's it's incredible value. So let's talk about the steps, the flow. Let's talk about I create a podcast on podcast.co. Mm-hmm. Start, I have like four episodes going. I've used your share services where it's out on Spotify and Stitcher and Apple. And now I'm moving into Matchmaker. Mm-hmm. So how do I set myself up for success that way? Well, I think, um, you know, you should spend a little bit of time completing a profile, whether it's as a podcast or as a guest. Um, try and explain as much about yourself as possible, how you feel like you can deliver value to a podcast. Or, you know, if you're um, a podcast, just be open and honest and say, look, I want these kind of guests. Um, again, if you can update your profile on a regular basis, I think that's useful. So this month I'm looking for guests who have got areas of expertise in X, Y and Z. Um, and also, just like I said before, start reaching out to people, but don't just send the same message like 50 times. Try and be at least a little bit unique for each message you send and, and try and tailor your communication and just have conversations. You know, not every connection works out. Um, but, you know, the, the more you put in, I think the, the more proactive you are, the more you'll get out of the platform, really. I love that. And mm. we're running short on time, so I will. What else can people find out about Matchmaker and podcast and you? Where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah, sure. So um, if you can, uh, if you want to find out more about Matchmaker, you head on to matchmaker.fm. Uh, if you want to sign up to podcast.co and start your own podcast, it's podcast.co. And all of my social handles are on jamesm.com slash connect. Excellent. Thank you so much, James. This was so helpful. I'm sure that it, this is going to be one of the most popular episodes. Thanks very much, Megan. Yeah. There we okay. go. Very cool. Thank you again. This was really so interesting and educational for me too. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Um, so I think that I don't, don't have the schedule on me, but I think that yours will be going out in a couple of weeks, unless you have something that you need to promote and then we can schedule it around a pod, like any kind of launch that you might be doing or mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of special dates that you need to market around? Uh, yeah, sure. So, well, I mean, no, I mean, two weeks is fine. I think if you just give us a shout when it's ready, when you're ready to go live, we'll make sure that we push it on our channels as well. Yeah. And I will give you my audiograms that I create. And... That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that service, by the way. That is like, I, I it, it was so frustrating for so long that it was not available anywhere easily and mm. audio wave creator has been crazy helpful cool that's useful that's good to know yeah and um, uh we, we've got a delete button coming to the messages on matchmaker i know you asked about thank that you. <laughs> One of these. We, there has been quite a lot of people asking about this it, uh, it, yeah it's not for any kind of like nefarious reasons it's just more like um i i was really overwhelmed with the amount of people that reached out and trying to kind of figure out like okay these are my priority people or these people don't really fit you know it's just i guess a delete button just makes life easier but i i appreciate it for what it is already no problem well thanks for the feedback yeah of course and thank you again um i will reach out once we're ready to push it live all right cheers take it easy 
Take care. Bye. See ya. Bye. Hey guys, one more thing before you go. Could you do me a favor and leave a review of this episode? It would help me out so much and get the word out to other people. If you could just drop a review 